we're back. We're back. This is a distraction. I'm Drew. That's Roth. How you doing, Roth? I'm good, man. How are you? How's your health? I am COVID-free. I'm out of the basement. Hell yeah. Living life. I'm living my best life. Feeling real pretty, pretty good, brother. That's good. You don't have to talk like that if you don't want to, but that's cool. I'm glad that you're doing so well. You know, you know what's nice is, and I said this, uh, I said this uh, like on, on Blue Sky, but like every time I'm sick, I'm reminded that being fully healthy is basically a superpower. Like, oh wow, I can I can walk long distances and I can I can <laughs> I can pick up a gallon of milk without assistance. It's really it's quite nice to be up in ambulatory and not like shivering every time I walk. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, one of the things that. Uh... There's nothing to say about that. It's just so exciting, Brothy. Yeah, it is. Well, I think this has been a good episode, and I'm really happy that yeah. we could touch base. All right, I gotta go. No, you no, no, just no, talk no. to it's, Rohan. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because uh, our guest is our favorite Sports Illustrated uh, AI avatar, Rohan Nadkarni. <laughs> Rohan is here. He's joining us for a hater's guide to the NFL playoffs. Get to hear him sing. How you doing, Rohan? I'm good. I'm good, Drew. I, I echo your concerns about uh, feeling healthy. Um, I unfortunately spent New Year's Eve in the hospital. And uh, what? I, I recently took my first shower of 2024. This is a way more dramatic story. Um, the the gist here is I'm fine. Uh, but you're right. Getting up, moving around feels great. So I know Roth is like hating on uh, people being healthy, but I'm right there with you, Drew. No, never. I why? Could never. First why? of all, but that's a real, that's a real difficult <laughs> no, no, no. position to be put in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I am yeah. not now, nor I have just, I ever I, been opposed to all my homies <laughs> being healthy and in good physical shape. <laughs> Roth just got the table start on him. Can you explain like, your oh, comments? No. Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. I have to reject and denounce having a cold. Yeah. Well, yeah, we yeah. should clarify that, that Rohan is a real person and a, a real writer. Uh, and he yeah. writes real copy. And apparently he went to a real hospital. Rohan, yeah, what, what put you in the hospital? T- tell us about this. I, it's kind of like a gross body horror story. I, I, that is my favorite kind of horror story. Really please. Is. Longtime listeners know this. I just That's I just spent true. the last podcast talking about how I barfed my brains out for a fucking... Okay, I won't get into all the details because it is pretty gnarly. I'll, I'll yeah. say that my family was not home. And I, so I had to call 911 to get to the hospital. And because of the nature of the situation, I, I was opening the door in like pure Winnie the Pooh mode. No oh, pants, no, no underwear, <laughs> only t-shirt on for the paramedics. You're like, hey, um, it's me. Like, but what? To step outside <laughs> my front door. No, but what had happened? I think your audio kicked out. What had happened to make you call 911? You know, I was purposely avoiding that. It's yeah, I think we're, we're purposely avoiding not, that. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. oh, so you're like shitting your pants or something like that. <laughs> All right, yeah, Drew, that's fine. <laughs> yeah, that is why I went to the hospital. I just uh, um, just shit my pants way too hard. Um, so, okay. You had yeah, to go yeah. in an ambulance, too? I did, and in the ambulance, oh. I was subject to, like, mild racism. Oh, no. Really? It was more so... The guy's like taking all my information, like social security number, et cetera. And um, keep in mind, like, you know, at least I'm covered by a sheet at this point, but like still no pants. People are going to really yeah, be not at your best for the nature of this. Yeah. yeah. And he's like uh, asking me for my name. So I tell him my name. He's like, I spell out my name for him. He's like, how do you say your last name? And I'm like, not 
And he's like, oh, it only looks funny. I'm like, really, dude? Oh, <laughs> dude. <laughs> right now? Yeah, it was uh, it was a trip. You can't keep the fucking Matt, the Matt Rife punchlines to yourself until I get some pants on. Like, you have to be an <laughs> exactly, asshole to me right yeah. now. <laughs> exactly. Um, also, awful. this is telling because it means that I have been mispronouncing your last name this whole time. Because I've been saying not Carney. And you say not Carney. I, I think you're you're in the the ballpark. I, I you know I, I've heard it enough ways now that like yours is not not egregious at all. Yeah, Veron did all a right, good bit on right. his name dropping episode on this, basically about like the curve that you grade white people on in terms <laughs> yeah. of how they say your name. Where there's like there's a zone of acceptability, and then there is <laughs> exactly. like that which yeah. lies beyond where you have to be like, right. no, nah, it's a real name. I'm gonna I'm gonna say <laughs> it for you, and exactly. you're gonna say it back to me now, <laughs> like. I mean, every every week I get an email from a reader saying, settle an argument between me and my friends. Is it Magary or McGarry? And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, it's McGarry. And they're like, don't. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, sorry, man, there's nothing I can, I can do about no it. No one ever asked me for my advice on pronunciation. I don't know why that is. So you are, are you now 100 back to 100%? Yes, I'm good to go. I'm feeling great. Um, yeah. That's Glad great. you're good. New Year's Eve is pretty terrible anyway. Yeah. I mean, it might as right. well yeah, spend they, it. I watched the Black Hat. Um, it was sick. Um, oh, nice! You know, they they reattached yeah. everything down there, so we're good to go. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Drew, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the look on Drew's face. Uh, Drew's gonna spend the rest of this episode trying to get it out of you too. <laughs> yeah, like, exactly. just guess what? It's happened. like you know what? Yeah. I'm at the I, age where I have like friends and family who have had to have things reattached. I, you know, like, honestly, I wish it was like something like I had a better story to tell. It's like so like benign what happened to me, just like that. It's not even worth getting into. Truly, yeah. I promise. Uh, yeah, it would have been better like if they had wheeled you out on a gurney and you had like exactly. a boner tent. You know, <laughs> yeah, and, exactly. Yeah. Like the it's whole been more than six hours, thing. and I did call a doctor. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> in this, in this case, I'm just glad that you're you're showered up, ready to pod. Thank you for right. joining us. Yeah. Uh, let's uh, let's talk about the NFL playoffs. Rahan, your beloved Dolphins, uh, they just blew the AFC East title by losing to Buffalo in the last game of the regular season. How are you feeling about them going into Saturday's wild card game at Kansas City? mad at myself for caring about football again you know i yeah. finally checked out a few years ago i you know i'd given up during the the tail end of the Tannehill era i was so excited for tua you know defended him his first two years thought he was great last season until obviously he had the concussion issues and he had a little bit of a slide but at the end of the season but he played pretty well i'm at the point now where it's like this is just the same team that's existed my entire lifetime which is like not bad enough to be truly awful just good enough to give you a little bit of hope before pulling out the rug um from underneath you at some point and this year really looked like it was going to be different um they win that cowboys game and i'm excited and then they get blown out by the ravens and i'm like okay they, they can all they have to do is win this bills game all is forgiven and it's the same thing you know the defense plays well the offense comes up short and I think we just saw like the limitations of Tua, which, which really upset me as someone who's defended him, wants him to be great, thinks he's such a, a sweet and nice person. Um, I'm at the point now where I've I've just I've given up all hope in this team. I didn't have any faith that they would win against the Bills. I have no faith in them winning the game against Kansas City. Like they have Damn. something like eight to ten starters injured, like half their team is out for the season. 
I'm just so over it. And I'm, I'm so mad at myself for allowing myself to care again. I, I kind of think that's loser talk. It Listen, is. I'm a coward. I know you've lost. <laughs> you lost Bradley Chubb. I want to be very clear here. Yeah, you yeah. lost Jalen Phillips. You will not have Raheem Mostert or Jalen Waddle for this game. But still, you're playing against a Chiefs team that has nothing but slobs at wideout. Like, it's like they're not the Chiefs they were a year ago. This, you is, should. this is not even the Dolphins team that it was like four weeks ago, though. They've yeah. been, since been humiliated twice. Um, they're not only down Phillips and Chubb, they're down more edge rushers. It's bad. Sorry, Roth, I'll let you jump in here. No, I was just going to say, I think that this is like, also the Chiefs having nothing but slobs. It's like, they already won a Super Bowl during a year when they like kind of weren't that good. Like, mm-hmm. I, I don't feel like the Dolphins have much of a chance in this one. And they, I think they would have if, you know, you go back six weeks and like that Dolphins team was pretty tight. But that's like, mm-hmm. I mean, again, as you were saying, kind of a familiar enough experience for a Dolphins fan at this point that, you know, loser talk to me seems like kind of justified. I mean, I try to do this <laughs> judiciously with the Mets. Uh, I don't, but I, it is the thing that I try to do where like loser talk to me is more like you're stacking all the best case possible scenarios up to see if mm-hmm. you can reach something acceptable, you know, just like piling speculative wins above replacement until your team is like in the wild card mix. That's stupid and embarrassing. And I am going to do it, but not for a little while, not until the the games actually start. But I think it's better to not do that than to, you know, be looking at the dolphins and be like, if everything breaks, right. I could definitely see like uh, if it's rainy, you know, like we win 13, 12, (laughs) like that's embarrassing. You don't want to be feeling that way or saying stuff like that. Really? Cause it sounds like what you're arguing against is what I call dreaming. (laughs) <laughs> which is usually a good thing. <laughs> I just like, don't uh, want to be one of those delusional people. Like I'm trying to strike the balance between, cause I also hate the people who are like, my team's never going to win this game. Like, yeah, you know, yeah. I would never. So I'm trying to strike the balance between that and going and being like, well, all Tua needs to do is avoid turnovers. Like stop doing the thing he's been doing in every single one of these important games. <laughs> and we'll win, you know, like stop repeating what's happened every single time they played one of these. And it might be different this time. So I- I'm trying to I'm trying to strike that balance. I just think, unfortunately, as someone who's been a huge Tua supporter, I just don't think he's that guy. I- and I these last three games that they had to play were always going to be the Tua referendum. And I think that he was okay in one of them. He was like solid in that Cowboys game, not good in the Ravens game, and kind of shit the bed in the Bulls game. Well, I, here's the thing. I think that if you, I think that when you're like, oh, well, I, I you know, I, I don't want to, you know, I, I want to be pragmatic about it. I sort of know, I want to be realistic about what can happen. And, you know, that you do that as a sort of, to sort of gird yourself for what you think is probably coming. But I can tell you from experience, it doesn't make losing suck any less. <laughs> no, I, I know that, dude. It's like, I, mean, yeah, yeah. I, I just mentioned the Mets. It's not like I cracked the code here. Well, like, then, I'm still unhappy well, then, all the time. Okay, so then what happens is not only are you miserable after the game, but you've made yourself miserable before the game when you could have at least been happy dreaming about beating a Chiefs team that's, that has a shitty, shitty, shitty receiving core, you know? So I, I don't know. I'm, I'm not... I'm not with you guys. I'm not riding <laughs> I'm with not you. I'm not saying it couldn't, it couldn't happen. I like, I mean, but it is, 
It's weird. Of I think there's a lot happen. of teams right now that basically, except for the the Ravens and the 49ers, I feel like every team uh, that has arrived in the playoffs, or almost all of them, there's like the teams that overachieved to get there, and I'm sure that they're, you know, I don't know any Rams fans. I'm sure they're out there. They're probably like real happy that their team is in the okay. playoffs. That's cool for them. I think that there's that other tier of like Dolphins, Eagles, maybe to a certain extent Cowboys, where like everybody's they're like a little sick of their team and like kind of ready to, <laughs> yes. to get on with their lives you know and like that's i can relate to that well the eagles are their own separate conversation i do want to ask though uh before we move off of, of miami kansas city rohan are you happy that this is the peacock game <laughs> this yeah. is the this is the peacock. you have to subscribe to peacock to watch this game on saturday night already i have heard both bill simmons and mike francis would be very very, very mad about this. I mean, it's whatever. I think, like, my brother subscribes to Peacock. Like, NBC Universal, don't listen to this. And he just lets me use his <laughs> Peacock login. Um, oh, that's a good yeah. idea. So, it's fine. Like, I think it's good. I I don't like when there's a tension on the Miami Dolphins. Like, they played a game against the Eagles earlier this year that was on NBC. And, like, Bradley Cooper narrated the intro. And I'm like, this is... This is way too much for a Miami Dolphins game. Like, stick us at 1 p.m. on a Sunday on CBS. And can we, real quick, speaking of that Bradley Cooper intro, can we just discuss how this guy's like, I spent six years learning to conduct to play Leonard Bernstein. (laughs) Bernstein. Like, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, at the end of the day, no matter how much of an auteur he wants to be and make his, like, Oscar bait movies, at the end of the day, he's like, Durr, go birds. You know, like, yep. like, I gotta be at every Eagles game. I'll say he was the bad guy from Wedding Crashers, even though he's a very good actor. I was <laughs> yeah. like, ah, oh, he's the shit-eating grin guy. Yeah, crab, crabs in football. But he's not even an actor anymore. There's something kind of hard. It depends who it is, though. Like, I, I always find, like, when we had, we've had people on this podcast, I mean, we're, we have one on right now, but people that, like, Drew and I legitimately revere. And I remember, like, this was, like, a big moment from the end of the David Gran episode where, like, Drew asked him a question about the Knicks, and he just started, like, just crying like a child. Like, he was just like, it's clear that, like, underneath this incredibly rigorous journalist and, like, serious thinker and writer, there's a guy that's, like, still mad about something that Gerald Wilkins did when, like, George (laughs) H.W. Bush was president, and he'll never stop being mad about it. And so the if Bradley Cooper really was like that, like if it was the sort of thing where he's this incredible cinematic polymath and he's super committed to his characters, but also he on Sundays puts on like an enormous Fletcher Cox jersey and is unbearable for three and a half hours. Yeah. I would sort of admire that. I just don't know that. I guess it's I don't trust he's like, that he's an auteur enough to make the, the Go Birds part pop the way you want. I I think he's trying very hard to be an auteur. Like, have you seen the clip of him? Yeah. Like getting emotional talking to michael van um like getting he's like you he's like you didn't uh he's like i put myself on tape for public enemies and he's like getting choked up and he's like you told me i could still act and i kept that letter and michael man's just like wow sure sure, kid (laughs) yeah michael man's just like um that's like my o-line coach he my online coach tried to inspire us before a football game by reading uh by reading a letter he got uh, turning him down from a from a, a job at Ohio State from Woody Hayes, he, and he ended it with like sincerely Woody Hayes, <laughs> and I was like, okay, well, I mean, like like everybody, 
you know, you're you're one of five thousand people to get rejected from a job yeah. by Woody Hayes. I don't I know. like the idea of twenty year old Drew just being like Woody. <sighs> like that's not she's not going to be helpful. That guy doesn't need to hear all that shit. I'm like yeah, uh, that's the guy who that's the guy who punched a player and got Bradley f- Cooper f- talking to uh, and getting emotional in front of Michael Mann is a really funny generational uh mismatch <laughs> yeah. there too because all that that yeah. generation of directors where they're just like i used to eat hamburgers with james con kid like how does, none of this, <laughs> exactly <laughs> this does not like you having feelings does not compute for me uh let's go to uh the first game of the playoffs rohan it's uh it's early on saturday it's browns versus texans can either of those teams make it to the afc title game or they just happen to be here rohan I mean, are you going to bet against Brown's magic right now and what Joe Flacco's doing? It's like, Joe Flacco is... People, okay, a pet peeve I have is when people are watching sports and they're like, Steph Curry's like a video game. And I'm like, actually, you can't really do what Steph Curry does in a video game. Like, that's one of my huge pet peeves. And it's like, sounds insane. And I sound like a crazy person. And it takes all my strength not to complain about it every time I see it on Twitter. But actually, like, if I'm playing NBA 2K on Hall of Fame difficulty and I pulled up from the logo like Steph Curry did against OKC, that shot's not going in. So people like, it's like a video game. No. But here's how Joe Flacco is playing like a video game, is playing like how I play Madden, in that it's almost all touchdowns are all interceptions. (laughs) It's like, (laughs) there's some very few incomplete passes. Um, it's like three, three TDs, three picks, um, 362 yards. Like that's me playing that. And it's like, I'm bombing it every time to Tyreek with Tua and it's either a touchdown or an interception. So, uh, I'm one of those people, like, again, I, my brain turns into absolute mush when I think about football, um, especially playoff football in the national football league. It's about defense guys. Um, defense. Like, would, would you say the defense wins championships? Is that something that you? I mean, say? It, it doesn't. It doesn't lose it for you. You know, when people are, when people are like, "Oh, it's like a video game," they're never referencing shitty new games like NBA 2K, which <laughs> right. nobody likes. <laughs> like they're like talking about Tech Mobile. Yeah. yeah, they're talking about Bill Walsh. They're talking about NBA Jam. They're talking about the games where like you can pad your stats like to your heart's content and beat the fucking shit out of the computer, like 200 to nothing. And that's like super fun. And that's what a video game is, but they don't make those games anymore. Like they make them realistic. So like I have to like punt in Madden sometimes. And I hate myself when that, like, so it's like, so it's like whenever they reference a, a video game now, it's always, it's always with like a 20, it's always 20 years out of, out of you're, proper you're right because the the demographic the demographic of people being like so and so is like a video game is people your age who have not yeah. played a video game in like 30 years yes that's true that's a thousand percent people my age all right let's uh let's get to the final afc wildcard game oh, by the way it's i don't know if this is on purpose or not but the first three games of the weekend are from the afc the last three are from the nfc so the last uh afc wildcard game is bills steelers uh rohan can the buffalo bills win the super bowl this year despite having exactly one wide receiver and a 9-11 fanboy of a head coach (laughs) um the first of all that 9-11 story is maybe my favorite um Store, sports story of 2023. It's the kind of thing that can only happen in the NFL 
where yeah. the coaches are so just big brained and genius that they're like, you know what? You know what was an inspiring display of teamwork? Yep. Nine <laughs> eleven. Uh, just. <laughs> but that undefeated story came out. Yeah. That's the worst That's part. The, is it's like, I love the idea up. that he like got through to them. Like he finally tweaked that speech, <laughs> yeah. right? And so now everybody's got their like, we've got Ata mentality. The whole team's got Ata mentality. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, uh, it's just like, for the best part was he was like, I haven't read the story that's an assault on my character but also I apologize for the totally true anecdote in there <laughs> in which I tried to inspire the team um, using 9-11. Um, I, so I this like absurd situation as it relates to the Buffalo Bills because I grew up my entire life hating them. But a close friend of mine whose wedding I attended, her husband is an assistant coach on the team. So the Ooh. further they go in the playoffs, like, I believe they like all the coaches get a bonus like each playoff win they get. So now I'm like, every time they win, I'm like, oh, this is really like has good real life consequences for Aaron. But again, because I'm so like football pilled, I'm like, God, I hope this team gets smacked in the mouth by the Steelers <laughs> <laughs> this weekend. But I, I do think the Bills have been, it's a classic case of like their metrics are good for a reason. And football is such a low possession, high variance sport that there's like a three-game stretch where the Bills could have where they look like a terrible team, even though everything points to them actually being good. So do I think they could win the Super Bowl? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think a game between them and the Ravens would be fascinating. I think the Bills are definitely better than the Chiefs this year, clearly better than the Dolphins. Um, I, I wouldn't put anything past them. At the end of the day, it's like, as much as people like to rag on Josh Allen, A, he owns the Dolphins, so I can't even like join in on that. Like, it just he destroys them every time he plays them. And right. B, he's enough of a difference maker that if he gets hot, they could win any game. Well, it was, it was, it was such an odd thing about the Sunday night game between them and the Dolphins because the first half, he committed not one but three red zone turnovers. And it was like, and that's been his MO, not just this season, but throughout the bulk of his career where, yeah. you know, you you joked about how it was feast or famine with, with Joe Flacco. Josh Allen is not, is like a better version of that, right? But <laughs> you're still, I don't know whether or not, because he's going against the Steelers who are always good no matter what slob they have playing quarterback. <laughs> so it's like, I can't I can't know for certain in a game that they're favored to win by 10, by 10, that, that Josh Allen isn't going to fuck up and throw the ball directly to Pat, Patrick Peterson like six times in the end zone every time that they get, you know, within sniffing distance, you know? Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I feel like, the Steelers are, are pretty lousy. Like it's worth like bearing that in mind. Like you're definitely correct in your analysis of Josh Allen, in my opinion. But I think that it's like the Mason Rudolph thing is kind of fascinating to me too, because it feels it's like if you had like a carton of milk in your fridge and you smelled it and you're like, that's bad. And then you just put it back in the fridge for like two years. And then like a little while later you get it and you smell it and you're like, damn, this has turned into whatever. Like it's just, it's good again, I guess. That seems to be where the fans of the Steelers have like landed with Rudolph. Like this was a guy that was like hazed into incompetence by Ben Roethlisberger, then was just like stashed as a healthy scratch for a really long time. That's not like a right. good dude that wins a playoff game to me. I will say that in this almost exact same scenario last year, Josh Allen did almost turn it over enough to lose to the Dolphins' third string quarterback. Uh, yeah, in the just playoffs Skyler in Thompson. Buffalo. 
Yep. Um, That's in a right. Game, in a game that I was like, I'm not even going to turn this on. Talk about not allowing yourself to dream, Drew. I was like, I'm not even going to turn this game on. They're Damn. playing a third string quarterback. Next thing you know, it's the fourth quarter. They're driving with the chance to like tie or take the lead. And I'm like, we got, come on, Skylar Thompson. Like, we got this. <laughs> um, and then they like couldn't get a snap off without even delaying game penalty. It was ridiculous. So it's, you know, this is like the best kind of analysis where it's like they could blow it or they could win it running away. But, That's right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's why they pay us the big bucks here on the district. Well, the other thing yeah. is that, that, uh, TJ Watt will probably not play in that game. Mm. And, and the Steelers' offense was just abominable for the better part, part of the season until Mason Rudolph arrived, which is not something you expect to say. But yeah, they've been like, they've been gangbusters the past three games with Rudolph at the helm. So now I'm like, I'm primed for an odd shootout between the Steelers and the Bills. Like, this, like oh, well, can <laughs> they stop? Can they stop the Steelers' passing game with Mason Rudolph and George um, Pickens, who sometimes doesn't really want to play at all? <laughs> I have a question for you guys. Sure. Over under, like, 1,000, how many, like, Steelers fans have been buried with a terrible towel? Oh, God. Oh, over. M- over. Many millions. Yeah. It's yeah. Like, <laughs> remember, the dude, many remember the dude who— Too many, but— Remember the dude, the Steelers fan who died and his wake— like he requested specifically at his wake that he be in his recliner, like with Aww. a beer and like wearing like his Roethlisberger jersey and shit. And so he was on display at a fucking funeral home as if he were in the living room watching them beat the Browns like nine to six. He wanted a thought bubble with a racially coded criticism of Mike Tomlin to be displayed above his head. <laughs> And yeah, yeah, and like, like the, I'm sure he requested that an offensive coordinator be fired, like yep. be buried with him, you know, and all, like, oh, Matt Canada come. But Matt Canada in my crypt with me. We uh, we have to take a break. We're talking about the AFC, but before we take a break, there's two things. One is I wanted to because we were talking about stupid coaches' motivational tactics. I just wanted to remember Jack Del Rio when he was head coach of the Jags. And he put an axe in a tree stump in the middle of the locker room. <laughs> yeah, hell yeah. His punter promptly took the axe and buried it into his own leg. <laughs> uh, uh, and then I have to uh, I have to do an ad read before we get to break. I just need to tell you about a remarkable breakthrough. You ever wonder what it would be like if human urine was as potable and delicious as cow's milk? Hmm. Wonder no more. You, Phil, from Scuba, is the first to have a portable Fluid-based excretion conversion device. It filters, pasteurizes, and even churns your waste product into sweet, creamy new milk. You fill, you drink. It's just that simple. You fill from Scuba. We'll be right back with Rohan Nutkini. We're sponsored this week by Microdose. Need a game changer for your sleep? You can do all kinds of things to... Get a good night's rest. You can have good hygiene. You can exercise. Sometimes you'll wake up in the middle of the night. You can't shut your brain off or go back to sleep no matter what you do. It's not a problem with microdose. It contains the one and only balanced spectrum hemp extract formulated to deliver the classic effects and benefits of THC in perfect balance with CBD, CBG, and therapeutic terpenes. If you want to know what those are, you text someone about what they do or who they're for, check out microdose.com because microdose gummies are made using the highest quality organic ingredients possible. They're vegan-friendly, gluten-free, and infused with organ-grown berries. Specifically, their D9-THC gummy tastes like juicy strawberries, blueberries, and marion berries. 
Gummies are vegan, non-GMO, and gluten-free. To learn more about microdosing THC, go to microdose.com and use the code DISTRACTION to get free shipping and 30% off your first order. Again, that's microdose.com, code DISTRACTION. One more time, microdose.com, code DISTRACTION for 30% off. And we're back talking NFL playoffs with Rohan Nadkarni of Sports Illustrated. It's time to go over Drew's, to the NFC. Drew's putting a little extra masala on my name now. He's, <laughs> like, he's trying to avoid the paramedic accusations. That's right. That's true. <laughs> Beating the charges. I think that's good, though. Yeah, that's yeah. It is. We, yeah, no. I uh, my it. best friend, Rohan Nadkarni. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I. We're going to talk more about the Michigan's national the champions. NFL. You're allowed to say his name with a Michigan yeah. accent now. This is the one day we get to <laughs> yeah. be like, Nad Carney, my dad's jacket. Yeah. It'll be great. Oh, <laughs> that, oh, that is, that is a good one. That's brutal. Thanks. Hey, your first <laughs> NFC wildcard game is the Packers. Oh, America's sweethearts. They're going against the <laughs> NFC champion Cowboys. Uh, I really need this Packers run to be over because every time they win Rohan, every game, it's like, it's like Jordan loves bar mitzvah. It's like they're like, <laughs> like guys like Chris Collins were like, what a remarkable young quarterback Jordan Love has become. You have to be so happy for him. They they were wearing tuxes on New Year's Eve, like the NBC crew when they were beating the fucking shit out of my team. And I know they were wearing tuxes because it was New Year's Eve, but really it seemed like they were there wearing like formal getups really just to honor Jordan Love felt, for being such felt a like great super guy. They were going to call Chris Collinsworth up to hit that Barhuet Adonai Hamvarach. Yeah, well, oh. that's a nice idea. <laughs> anyway, Rohan, can I trust Mike goddamn McCarthy to end Green Bay's little dipshit Cinderella run? Oh, boy. Um, if anyone would blow this game, it's Mike McCarthy, right? Like, it's oh. Mike McCarthy and the Cowboys. Um, mm. this, this, this is, like, in their wheelhouse to lose this game. Um, the, the inevitability of the Packers, I feel for you, Drew, as a Vikings fan, that somehow, like, they did it again, you know, with Jordan Love. Um, yeah. Who's just playing his ass off somehow. Meanwhile, the Vikings have had, like, six different quarterbacks this year. Um, no. It's brutal, There was man. a whole I, Josh Dobbs moment. Yeah, and then it ended. Yeah, but there was, was a, a moment. A great, yeah, it was a great week and a half, and then it, and then it ended. And it was great. It was a, that love at the beginning of the season sucked. He was <laughs> shitty, yeah. and the Packers. Shitty. I was like, yeah, all right, finally they're in the fucking ground for good. But no, no, they get off the <laughs> fucking mat like Hulk Hogan and shake their head. No, 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 time to do the leg drop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm barely coherent right now. Let, I'm going to turn it to you, Rohan, to, to talk like a normal person. Um, I, on the subject of the Cowboys, um, as much as of a, like a laughing stock as they are and like, you know, general embarrassment they've been for like the last 30 years and, and people love to rag on them, et cetera, et cetera. I just want to say after watching Jimmy Johnson get inducted into like the ring of honor, finally, how about them Cowboys like objectively goes hard as fuck. Like, that's a pretty sick, like, and so I was discussing this with a couple of friends, like, but only like three people can get away with saying it. Like Michael Irvin, yeah. when he says it, cool as hell. Jimmy Johnson, when he says it, cool as hell. They might actually be the only two people, but if any other team like had that as kind of their catchphrase, that'd be kind of sick. 
we're not making new catchphrases anymore. We used to make things in America, and now we don't. Now yeah, it's like that's you got a, like a who day and a who dat. Like that's I don't recognize the country that came <laughs> yeah. up with those. Yeah, what yeah. happened to us? Well, also when Jimmy said it, he said it after they had won the NFC title in Candlestick, and mm. he said it. He was like drenched in Gatorade, and like they had the cigars out. Everyone was probably already high on cocaine, right? <laughs> like they were just like, and he and he's standing up on the table because he's a little man. And he screams out, how about them Cowboys? And the whole I love a lock, locker room celebration clip. And they were fucking, they just, it, the whole locker room exploded. It was, it's a great clip. Like it's an all time locker room speech. And so that's where like the cachet comes from. It is decidedly less cool when like Chris Berman is saying it <laughs> yeah. like at halftime, like to like a, a dummy Tom Jackson, because Tom Jackson couldn't even like be there. And like, and like Chris Berman's like doing it in between, like honoring, like, like the October 7th victims, like in, in Israel and shit. Yep. Like, well, is, October 7th, we'll remember. And how about them cowboys? Yeah. <laughs> Trying an elaborate three-part pun yeah. on Miles Austin's name. Thanks, man. Appreciate that. That's okay. really cool that you did that. <laughs> um, if Mike McCarthy did it, like that would end the phrase forever. And I do think he has it would. <laughs> to realize that he can't be a, uh, he can't be a how about them cowboys guy, but uh, yep. that that like when I heard Jimmy Johnson do it during his speech, I was like, oh my god! Like I, I I'm ready to tattoo a star on the side <laughs> of my head right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a good speech. Uh, your next game is the Detroit Lions, who have won. They won the NFC North for the first time in their history. When the last time they won the division, it was not the NFC North. It was the NFC Central. Uh, They are hosting their former quarterback, Matthew Stafford, in the Rams. Rohan, we should all be rooting for the Lions to win it all at this point, right? Or or has the Harbaugh-Michigan title sort of uh, eaten into that affection a bit? Not in the slightest. Um, okay. I don't. I don't know if we are, are setting aside any time for Harbaugh at any point today. That dude's a, such a sociopath, and it's been very weird watching yep. him do these like post game interviews where like the reporter will sneak in one question, and then he has this like creepy smile on his face, and he's like, "Ask this player about it," and like runs yep. away. It's it's yep. very weird. This is the guy you want to talk to, Blake Corum, right <laughs> yeah, here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like what is happening right now? Um, the Lions are definitely, I think, easily the team you'd want to see win. Uh, the Super Bowl the most. Um, shout out to Dan Campbell, man. What an interesting human being. Uh, truly, like, on the opposite end of the spectrum, as far as football coaches go, from Mike McDaniel, and yet equally, like, beloved and I think equally effective as a motivator. Like, uh, the fact that they go for it, I think on the majority of their fourth downs in opponent territory, I believe 51% of the time, that's awesome. We should be rooting for that. Like, this is the kind of team everyone should be able to get behind. So if, because I'm so much of a coward and a loser about the Dolphins, I am fully getting behind the Lions is like, this is the team we should all be rooting for. And yet Roth, they have to play the very quarterback that they had who won a Super Bowl without them, which gives me a little bit of pause. Like I'm, I'm a bit concerned. They might be a bit shook by that. Yeah. There's definitely like, I don't know, you know, risk is, a variable thing here. They're still the lions. They make mistakes like as fun as Campbell is. And we talked about him last week. Like I'm all in on the Dan Campbell experience conceptually. And, you know, just in terms of how it manifests from one week to the next, they also fuck up a lot. 
you know, and uh, as a tragic franchise, the idea of like your beloved quarterback that you sent away coming in and kicking your ass is like kind of like a story that you could see developing there. I think the Lions are good, though. I think the Rams are like they've been playing great football for like the last two months of the season. Like, I don't want to like yeah. them or whatever. But I, I do think the Lions are like legit good. I would love to see them win one or two playoff games. I think the the problem is their defense and yeah their defense is at, you know they've had their moments particularly early in the season but you know they they really are Aiden Hudson and like 10 bags of flour mm-hmm. and they're going against Matthew Stafford <laughs> and Kyron Williams and Cooper Cup and so that that concerns me like I I think if they can get past the Rams I think the sky's the limit um but uh, I I think this might be actually one of the hardest mm-hmm. games that they have to play Real quick, I, I just want to say, I don't know if we have any uh, distraction listeners in Detroit or the greater Detroit area, but one of the things that's been like populated on my Instagram algorithm for months now is like the this Detroit food truck. I don't know how it got, you know, I've never been to Detroit, so I don't know how it got <laughs> on my Instagram algorithm, but it's called like Detroit 75 or something like that. And like every two weeks I'm like, I gotta get to fucking Detroit and try these. What's, I'm like, I need yeah. the I need the Atwater chicken. Like, I need it. Like, yeah, I was gonna say, let's. St- I'm fine to completely stop the podcast while you explain the uh, food on offer for the. So it's like a food truck, and I guess the chef is like goes viral because he makes these videos that are like, I'm closed on weekends. I'm like, here's why you should pay your like staff a living wage and all this stuff. But then like, okay. they also mix in like. You've got to try our Detroit style cheesesteak or like try it like with Mike's special spicy sauce or the garlic cilantro fries. And I'm like, this looks fucking sick. And I'm like, like I got to get to Detroit on a weekday so I can drive up. (laughs) Between the hours of like 10 and 4 when he's like Danes to serve. I have no idea if this place is like renowned or not or if it's like all they've, they've managed to like hack the IG algorithm. But. I'm like, oh yeah. man, like these sandwiches look insane. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, I already know how I'd order it. Like, I've been out here. That's uh, first of all, I admire that mindset a lot. Like going in with a game plan, <laughs> like being like, well, I'm not gonna yeah. not get Mike's special spicy sauce. Like <laughs> exactly. thinking that exactly. to yourself while you're going through TSA at the airport <laughs> to get to Detroit. Right. Like that's the mentality that you want. Like you intentionally make your layover in Detroit five hours long yeah. so you can sneak out of there. Yep. Yeah, yeah, couldn't be helped. Yeah, I, I'm wondering i don't know why i haven't been served food stuff on instagram all i get is like and this is mostly the fault i think of um having followed some accounts on the recommendations of my coworkers samar and, and patrick redford that like i get a lot of like really roomy eyed little chihuahuas that like are constantly being carried around in little bags but I don't see a lot of, like, what I want to see is sandwiches. Like, I don't know. I, I didn't even know there was a sandwich Instagram, although it makes sense that there would be. My Instagram is entirely um, sandwiches, like, NBA meme accounts and Dua Lipa fan pages. And it's perfect Hell yeah. for me. That's, those are my three. You did interests, it. So, yeah. yeah, that's terrific. Yeah, that sounds... Uh, I'm on there. I'm on the... Uh, I'm on the Detroit 75 website right now, but I don't see a menu 
Um, that concerned me. I, this is, I just nobody derails I just this podcast it. like Rohan does. Like you just come in and like, I, like you guys like fries and like whatever the yeah. fuck Drew has in the outline is suddenly being tossed overboard. Bro, if you saw these sandwiches, dude, I tell you. All right, no, I don't doubt it. This is why no, I'm no, not I, looking I, at I, it. Listen, I am a professional podcast host. I can segue my way out of anything. To that Good end, luck. we started this podcast with a story about pants shitting. We're going to end it with the Philadelphia Eagles, who have shit their pants all the way into the playoffs. He did it. Uh, that's right. See? I'm just that good. So the Eagles have lost five of six. They have to go to Tampa to play the Bucks. So, uh, Rohan, let's start with what the fuck happened to the Eagles, and should the Bucks get any credit for winning that division? I do think the Bucks should get a little bit of credit for winning that division, only because I believe they finished a game better than their record last year when they had uh, Tom Brady. So that's yeah. impressive. Yeah. That's not nothing. Um, I think everyone left them for dead with Baker. I think I like Baker Mayfield. I don't know if that's a if we're not allowed to like him, but I think I I kind of like him. I, I kind of dig his vibe. Yeah. Um, I'm sorry, Rohan, okay. but you're canceled now. You're actually you're now more racist than I am because you like because you <laughs> was like there Baker was there something about Baker Mayfield that was supposed to be bad beyond like the quality of his quarterback play? I thought he like somehow avoided that. I think people are getting a little tired of the whole like shtick, like uh, you know he he's especially playing up the like me against the world type oh, yeah. thing. I think um, he's got he's got bad politics. He has he has campaigned yeah. for like getting CRT out of schools and shit like that. Wait, oh really? wow, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's, oh, I didn't uh, know that at all. He's got that some. Just he's got you some have wing. to do to fit in in Tampa. Is that just like? It's like how people say roll tide I mean, to each well, this other is back in when he was in, in Cleveland, too. Like, I, I thought he was very charming his progressive ads, and I liked him at Oklahoma yeah. and stuff like that. His progressive ads looking are good. <laughs> yeah. It is yeah. funny. Also, I like that he's now, like, settled into this sort of, like, freely available every offseason <laughs> yeah. range of quarterback, but he was the face of a big national ad campaign. It's like if there was like right. it's like if you remembered commercials where it was just like, Do you remember the one where like Kyle Orton and the Geico Gecko were like riding a motorcycle around together? Like <laughs> it's strange that that ever was the case. We're gonna finish with the Eagles and the Bucks. So you you were talking about how you buy into you're buying into Baker like at least this season, but do you mean like long term too? Like do you think not, he's the answer not- in Tampa? No, but I think he's a perfectly serviceable bridge quarterback. He's not as annoying as Ryan Fitzpatrick, uh, to me at least. Um, like, there's nothing wrong sometimes just putting like an average football team on the field that's capable of winning or losing any game. The Eagles, on the other hand, do make me feel better about the Dolphins. Um, if only because there's like one other team that's finished the season as poorly as Miami, it's Philadelphia. Worse. Um, they finished worse. worse. You know, they have like a historic, not to get into like actual serious football analysis for the first time on this podcast. I, no, no, yeah. I'd like you to actually do that. That's okay. <laughs> they had like a historic pass rush last season. Like they had, you know, finished with something like 70 sacks or something yes. crazy. That hasn't been the case this year. And I think it's exposed. Like everyone says their linebackers are not good in coverage. Their secondary is weak. I think that's been a massive issue for them. I'm a big, I'm a fan of Jalen Hurts. I think similar to Tua, I think he's probably better, but he does have limitations as a passer. They've also definitely just trotted him out injured. 
uh, this whole year, which doesn't they seem have. like a great idea. And he's not. And also, he's worse now because we the loss to the Giants hand, in the yeah. last week. Yeah, he he dislocated his middle finger, and they showed it on camera, and it was very gross. But it was cute that it was the middle finger because Philly. Um, but they're gonna <laughs> they're gonna they're gonna put him out there again against Tampa, yeah. and he yeah he has not been himself. I would say for the bulk of this season, mm-hmm. but they still run him out there. And not only that, they have him do the tush push. Yeah. They, they like every third care. play. Right? They do not care about his body. Also, can I just say that I'm, I'm sick of their coaching staff. Like if you're the head oh coach of the football team, I don't need you mixing it up with the fans. My guy also like, what, what is that? What is up with the Italian flag on, on the hat? <laughs> it's just like, it's just such a, Strange situation they got going on on the sidelines there that I I can't really fully support it. Yeah, and they, did, I, I and they demoted their Indian defensive coordinator. That's right. They had Sean Desai as their uh, defensive coordinator, and then they they surreptitiously replaced him late in the season with Matt Patricia. Their defense has gotten worse. <laughs> they yeah. full they Folgers challenged it with Matt Patricia. <laughs> yeah. yeah, see if anyone notices. Yeah. And. You know, Sirianni is, it might be on the hot seat, which is justifiable, which is kind of good because I have gotten very sick of his face. Like, he looks like every Eagles fan, which is <laughs> irritates me. Like, he's got this, like, he's just, he's got the stubble, but then he's also just got the, the like, every time they shoot, they go to him on the sidelines. The shot is just like, the Uber driver sucked me off. Like, whoa? <laughs> like, <laughs> Sirianni's not a vibe to me. It's like, the the one like guy from your high school that like you've tr- actively tried not to be friends with anymore, uh, <laughs> <laughs> somehow still pops up every now and then. You're like, oh god damn it, he's gonna be there. Like that that's the vibe he gives off to me. Uh, oh hey, Roth is back thanks to the magical healing powers of crystals. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, it's incredible. I, think, I actually think he watched a couple uh, dolphin fucking videos and that yeah. brought him back. From what I learned a lot. So I've had most of my blood replaced with ayahuasca at this point. It's going to be a weird presence the rest of the pod, and I apologize for that, but I'm going to do my best. Uh, Let's get to a couple more football things. I do have a basketball question for you, Rohan, but uh, let's talk about the top seeds real quick. Uh, Baltimore in the AFC, San Francisco in the NFC. Uh, I want to talk about the Niners for a moment because I dare say that Kyle Shanahan is now out of excuses and he really has to win a Super Bowl to get people like me to keep from calling him a fail son, even though he's probably the best coach in the NFL right now. Rohan, do you feel similarly? Is it is it time no, for Kyle to get, I feel get, the, get the pot? I feel the opposite. Like I, I've seen people be like, oh, like any other coach would be fired if they handled the Niners quarterback situation like Kyle Shanahan did. He's being penalized for being such a good coach and for like for that organization building such a good roster. That they continue to win with a quarterback that everyone's like, actually, this guy's not any good. And it's like, and snaps like he's got to win a Super Bowl to prove that his like not good quarterback is actually good. I, I think he's clearly the best coach in the NFL. And yes, they have a stacked roster, or whatever. But I think they deserve credit for building that team. He deserves credit for coaching them up. Like they made a Super Bowl with Jimmy Garoppolo, and everyone's like, well, actually, they only made it because Kyle Shanahan's a good coach. So therefore, he should be fired if they don't win a Super Bowl. Like I, I just, I don't fully follow like the logic of people who think he should be on the hot seat or hasn't done a great job. Like they are winning despite turnover at the most important position with guys who everyone 
you know, most experts say is not very physically talented because of his coaching. And I think that that's cool. Good for him. It is a weird position to be in, though. The idea that like <laughs> somehow he's gotten so good that he's created these expectations where people were like, if you can't get Brock Purdy across that line, then Brock deserves <laughs> yeah. a coach who can. You're like, well, wait, we're that's totally through the looking glass. Of Brock. <laughs> yeah. Well, I do think now it's it's also it, it's okay to say that Brock Purdy is a good quarterback. He just set the single season passing record for that franchise for that franchise. So it's not uh, Steve yeah. Young. Yes, but I it's, think all passing. It's like just the the inflation of passing stats. It's like Tua finished second in passer rating this year, and it's like he was maybe like the thirteenth best quarterback. Every every quarterback stat now is like you know the bite inflation on it. Unfortunately. Yeah, it's a real thing. It's like when Ray Allen yeah. broke the NBA's three point record, and it was like he had like fifty more in a season than anyone else. And you're like, is it? It's <laughs> worth asking if this will ever be topped. And now he's like yeah. that season. Those nineties, yeah, yeah. I was like below like Kyle Corver's worst year. You know, like, it's <laughs> yeah. just about- it's like Duncan <laughs> Robinson is like the fastest player in NBA history to like one hundred threes, two hundred threes, three hundred threes. Like I think all the way up to nine hundred, and it's like. I love Duncan Robinson, but, you know. Let's not go nuts. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I have one more NFL thing. I just wanted to check to see if Bill Belichick has been fired yet. I am checking. Oh. <laughs> and he is he's still employed. He's still employed. This so. bum. This absolute Brady merchant. I'm sick of Belichick. <laughs> Andy, don't put this bum's, System coach. Don't System put this coach. bum's name in the same breath as Don Shula. Everyone's like the greatest coach of all time. I'm like, how about Donald Shula? I don't know if his name's Donald. Um, but, Donnell. Uh, yeah. 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 Donnell. I, I like the idea of Don Belichick. Donrus. Yeah, oh, love their work. The idea of Belichick having a an embarrassing bouncing around the NFL endgame is actually pretty gratifying to me, though. Because, like, all the yes. stuff that he said to try to save his job in New England is like, I would consider bringing Josh McDaniels back if that's something that people yeah. wanted. Nope. Yeah. Nobody. That is, no one is asking for that, my dude. Like, <laughs> like go coach the Durs for two years. That's what you yeah. deserve, I think, at this point. Uh, let's move off the NFL. Rohan Draymond Green was reinstated this week and said on his podcast that he had to be talked out of retiring by Commissioner Adam Silver because I guess getting called out for randomly hitting guys was really taking a toll on him emotionally. Uh, did anyone learn anything from this little episode, Rohan? I mean, I guess we'll find out, right? Like, we'll find out, and I think we'll find out in, like, the heat of a second-round playoff game if the Warriors yeah. are down 2-1. The answer's no, bro. Yeah. The answer's yeah. no. He's he's it's, giving uh, that answer. Just let him do it at his pace. But yes, yeah, you're right. It's, um, but uh, we're we're in a. I'm, I'm putting on a hold for right now. I'm, I'm, I won't say yes. I won't say no. But what a just a bizarre situation. As much as like the NFL, like the coach doing like nine eleven as a like let's see what we can learn from the terrorists like. We 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 yeah. need the te- we need we need terrorist level communication in our defensive backfield. Like as much as that's an NFL story, like Draymond Green um, having to be talked out of retirement by the commissioner for like slapping a guy in the head and then talking about it on his podcast is a very NFL is a very NBA like story, yeah. like a pure NBA. Like Roger Goodell is never talking someone out of retirement. He's like. Yeah, do it, but also you're gonna have to forfeit that signing bonus. Like that's not um ever gonna happen in another league. 
it's just bizarre. I'm a fan of Draymond Green, actually. Like, I'm at the point with Draymond, this is not just excuse him for like hitting people, but the, the reason he is good is because he plays on the edge. Like, that's that's what's yeah. fueled his entire career. It's the fact that he plays the way he plays. And so you just hope. Is that, it an yeah. edge? Is he is he on an edge? He, he doesn't seem like he's walking a fine line to me. It seems like he's. I mean, when you're I just mean, randomly spinning around and punching guys in the face. That ain't, that ain't no, like, that's not delicate. You're not doing yes. a little dance, Rohan. My, yeah. my point is you have to be a little bit crazy to be like, I'm 6'7", but I'm going to be the best defensive center in the NBA and maybe the best defender in the NBA for, like, a multi-year period after I was a second-round pick. Um, I think there's a level of kind of intensity that he had to have at some point in his career. I think you just hope that he doesn't cross the line when it's important. Unfortunately, that hasn't always been the case. Roth, do you believe that he was going to retire? Like, do you believe no. that story? No, okay. I think that's it. This is the other thing with Draymond because I'm more or less in agreement with Rohan on the idea of like, first of all, just what it took for Draymond, who was like to me like indistinguishable from any number of like Big Ten undersized forward types. Like Michigan produces them all the time. Like he was like a less impressive college basketball player to me than like Xavier Tillman was. Like, and that's to take nothing away from Tillman's, you know, having an NBA career, but it was like to get from there to where he is, he's amazing. And I can't take anything away from him. I also think though that while we're just casually appending the label sociopath to people um, with Michigan backgrounds, <laughs> Harbaugh, yes, sociopath, sure, uh, you know, no argument here. Draymond, uh, and the way that he talked about, his conversation where, you know, like basically making it so that like Adam Silver was doing cognitive behavioral therapy with him or whatever. <laughs> not only do I not right. believe it, it feels to me like he is laying the groundwork for whatever the next offense and appeal is. Like it felt officially calculated, not just calculated. Cause a lot of his stuff is calculated, you know, where he like accidentally winds up and socks Yusuf Nurkic in the nuts. And then he's like, Oh, you know how I am. I'm always winding my arm around like that. Sometimes people get in the way of it. Like that's not a good calculation, but you can see that he's trying to justify it in this case. Like, I don't know what you would learn in three weeks of like doing therapy over zoom. Do you know what I mean? Like, Nothing. I don't think that he was out. Yeah. It's not like the sort of thing where he needed to be like detoxed or whatever. Like it's just something that happens to him when he's under pressure. And I think as Ron said, like if the team gets it together and I mean, right now they're like a play in team, you know, but I think that if he's there and he's good for a few weeks, that's still a good basketball team. Postseason wears on people, even people that don't have this weird tick that periodically makes them bite people, yeah. <laughs> you know, like this is, I feel like it's a matter of time. I feel bad about it too. Cause it's like, it would be a lot easier to sort of feel good about him in the way that I mostly feel good about him as a player if he didn't act the way he acts. But I don't know that he can uh, be one he, without being the other. Yeah, he wouldn't be that player. Then he'd be then he'd be Jokic, and we'd like him. <laughs> yeah. So. Uh, by the way, I, I do have to break in with some breaking news that will be old by the time this uh, posts, but the Titans have fired Mike Vrabel. So that Whoa. might, that yeah. might play into... Whether or not Bill Belichick has been mm. fired, because there was always a there was always the thought that Vrabel would go back to New England. He never coached there, but he of course played there. Mm -hmm. So that uh, that 
that little that little nugget uh, that's a little nugget for you guys. I'm not to sure chew that on. Belichick getting the gang back together is what Patriots fans want right now. No, like no, that of, he would go. That Belichick oh, would no longer be the head coach. Him. That yeah, Man. he would replace Belichick. He wouldn't join him. Isn't Geronimo uh, like basically the guy for that job though? Well, that was the other thing I was thinking was that that's he was designated as the heir apparent unofficially, but like Belichick has done such a poor job, not just this year but the past two years, that the well feels poisoned, and it's like, Man. do you really want to keep you know going with Belichick? people when they mm-hmm. failed so badly out in the diaspora or do you want to like do you want to bring in ben johnson or like a capable modern coach right and just start over because they need a quarterback like they they deactivated mac jones in week 18 to teach him a mm-hmm. lesson i don't know like that team is just that organization is just a fucking mess and it seems to me like they they would benefit more from just starting over than from trying to salvage whatever, whatever's left there. Because the guys the, that they the have left there, Matthew Judon, Christian Gonzalez, those guys are good no matter who's the coach, right? It's not like, mm-hmm. you're not going to have to coach those guys up. Like, it's they're, they're, they're already there. So, But I've talked too much football, and it's time to open up the fun bag. These Ooh. are real questions from defector readers and distraction listeners. I have no idea how much time we have left. Uh, this is from Chad Rohan. He asks... Is there anything in professional sports that approaches the arbitrary nature of spotting a football in the NFL? Okay, let me get to this, because everyone's like, put a microchip in the football. So explain to me how the microchip is going to work. You're telling me every single time a runner's down, like New York's going to be like, where did his knee hit? And we're going to consult the microchip every single play? Like, is that is that the alternative? I'm over the microchip discussion. We've been spotting the football for the same way for a hundred years and on big plays where it's really important, they review it and we're fine. So uh, enough, enough of your spotting the football complaints. Okay. And don't enough of the, put the microchip in it. Like, how do you think microchips work? Like what, what exactly is this microchip meant to calculate? Like, it's still very complicated to me. I'm, I, I'm, this is like, there's just one thing like every year or like every few months where it's like, there's just some kind of crusade online that everyone joins because it's easy to join. And it's like, how do we not have a microchip yet? And it's like, no one's explained to me how the microchip's actually going to work. Yeah. Also, for the record, there already is a microchip in the football. It's how they get next-gen stats. Mm. So, Caitlin kind of pointed that out, I think, a year or two ago. Like, it's already there. So, it's like, they just... So it's turn not on so the GPS to- function. Jeez. Well, because yeah, also people Christ. people complain about like why why we still have the chain gang and stuff like that, and I there is an answer for it. There's a reason that they have the analog technology rather than doing all of it digitally. And I I can't remember what it was, but there was a good reason for it. And I'll I'll leave it at that. As for spotting the ball, the only thing the only complaint I have is whenever my coach challenges the spot of a ball, because you're never going to win that challenge. They never win it ever because it's like well. The ball is, uh, you know, being obscured right now by 15 different bodies. So, like, you have to understand that, like, their first inclination is to keep the ruling that they had on the field. Like, that's that's where they're usually going to go, Roth. Yeah, I don't love it, but I do appreciate it as part of the sort of NFL experience. Like, it's definitely stupid. I'm not going to argue with it. I don't. I'm not like a big, you know, 
I'm a big microchip guy. I'm not a macrochip guy. I don't think <laughs> that there's any reason why they're like, I don't know that it would necessarily be better if it were more correct. It is just one of those things where it's annoying that, first of all, that it's so often incorrect. And then also the spotting thing where it's like the ball is placed in an arbitrary location by a 56 year old attorney who's badly out <laughs> yes, of breath. Yeah. Then it's measured. And then they're like, actually, it's like a, an inch short. And that is. That is arbitrary. That's definitely frustrating. And I completely sympathize with anybody that is frustrated by it. It's just also one of those things where if you didn't like stupid stuff, you shouldn't be watching football like as it is. Because yeah. that is uh, its natural byproduct. Uh, this one's from Aaron uh, Rohan. This is the last one. Uh, is Doug Peterson the new Mike McCarthy when it comes to play calling in important moments? The plays he called to the goal line against Tennessee when they needed a touchdown were an abomination. And I think he's been dying out long enough on the Philly special and the fact that he seems to be a nice person. To be clear, I don't give half a shit about the Jacksonville Jaguars or their success, but that loss put Pittsburgh into the playoffs, and that's inexcusable. Rohan, is this reader right to turn against the lovable picnic dad that is Doug Peterson? Yes. I'm sick of the Jaguars because all year the you know the nerds are telling me how good Trevor Lawrence is, top five quarterback, blah, blah, blah. And when I need them to beat the Tennessee Titans on Sunday, um, I just need a Jaguars win. It, give, it, gave, it would have given the Dolphins the opportunity to knock the Bills out of the playoffs. They blow a game to the Titans. Doug Peterson looks like, it looks like his visor and hair are one piece. Like it's yes. the kind of thing. Like, <laughs> always always you know? has been true. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Like a yeah, Halloween yeah. costume kind of, that comes in a plastic yep. bag. It's that yes. energy. Yes. <laughs> yes. It just looks like, oh, like, oh, I need I need something to wear last second to this party. I'll put on my visor with the fake hair. Yeah. Um, I'm going like, as the crazy about- golfer. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, God. Just sick of this guy. Yes. Those play calls were ridiculous. And it's like all game, they were like, you can't call this play with Trevor Lawrence because he's got a bum shoulder. And then the biggest play of the game, they're like, Jump from like one and a half yards out and try to reach over the goal line. Yeah. What a joke. Like just I understand that there's so much that goes into NFL coaching that we don't see, but their mistakes are so high profile and so stupid and so galaxy brain that it's hard not to turn into the Joker. That's great. Yeah. That was that play especially was one of those ones yeah. where the whole game they were like, Lawrence is is very badly hurt, especially his shoulder. So one thing you can expect is that he will not be putting that shoulder at risk at any point. And then <laughs> yes. like but you don't get like some counter punching value for putting the guy's like health at risk on a dumb play call from too far away, which is basically what they did. Like it looked like he was gonna get his arm knocked off and he also was you know, even by the standards of NFL spotting, a solid few inches shy. I, I would yeah. like to counter that by saying that iron sharpens iron. Wrong, mm. yeah. so. I would like to counter uh, that, that by continuing to chop wood and then suffering a punter-related injury with a hatchet. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think that's a good way to end the podcast. <laughs> Eric Silver is our producer. Brandon Google is our editor. Our theme song is by Kirk Hamilton. Ads and production services is by Multitude. And you can subscribe to Defector.com right now. Just go to Defector. Hit the subscribe button. You can also email us at distraction at Defector.com or even call us at 909-726-3720 and leave a message. That's 909-McDonald's-0. No, it's not that. It's 909-Panera-0. <laughs> and you can read Rohan Nakarni 
not Carney, not Carney, <laughs> at Sports Illustrated, or follow him on Twitter, or just go say hi to him when he's on the street. Rohan, you were lovely to have on the podcast. We come on again sometime. My pleasure, guys. Thank you so much for having me on. Thanks, man. Best. We love you, Rohan. Goodbye. We'll see you guys next week. Bye. Bye.